An Album a Day is my exploration into the Korean music scene. This podcast will cover mainstream, indie, and some underground artists within the scene and provide both factual and opinionated commentary. The biggest benefit to sharing my thoughts this way is that it will hopefully expose you to more great music and exploration of your own. You're tuned into An Album a Day. Show start. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We we are at an interesting part in in all of this. Like seriously, because I'm I'm gonna go ahead and throw final thoughts into this and and sum up everything. But we're on the last album, the last album, which was released May 25th, 2018. And this has been well over a year since we heard from these gentlemen. So Bonnie and Clyde was the last one charted 37th on the Korean charts, literally sold at the time of this recording, 981 units, just a little over that, maybe like 986. (laughs) That's a substantially severe kick in the gut. And uh, Bonnie and Clyde had five tracks on it, the sixth of which would be the instrumental to the album title. And uh, a lot, a lot has happened since 2016. Now, when we left off, we talked about the real one and we had some members who left and whatnot. Looking at this timeline, looking at the timeline, um, We've had a lot of transition between members coming and going between 2016 and 2018. And it just makes for some really interesting dynamics that I'm going to um, illustrate for you as best as possible after this message. Now, let's be real. I'm saying this is final thoughts and whatnot, and I'm talking about an album called Bonnie and Clyde, but between 2016's The Real One and 2018 Bonnie and Clyde, there was one more, and I literally mean one more. Remember how I was bent out of shape a few albums ago, (laughs) a few episodes ago, about one particular group who kept on jacking with me by making these so-called albums that only had one song on it? little buttholes well now they happen to have one too 24k had uh, a solo album called addiction and the song's called only you it sold pretty good in terms of physical copies in fact to be a hundred percent honest the real one 2016's album uh comes in first in terms of their discography's history of sales and then this comes in second I'm sorry, this comes in third (laughs) because second would be You Are So Cute. They did release that title song as a small album of its own to to an extent. Now, here's the issue with that. The reason why we can't specifically like call that out is because it was packaged as a part of the album. But this is the digital sales of that song on its own in 2013. That song on its own charted 112 on the digital Korean charts. And Only You, which was a physical album, uh, that song featured on the album Addiction, that charted number 12. That is the highest charting song and charting album that the gentleman had. But it's literally one song. So 
Um, I encourage you to check that out on your own. In fact, while we are talking, let's let's figure this out right now. If I can add that to um, the playlist for the gentleman. Let's see, 24K. We're gonna look right now. All right, we're gonna add that to the playlist. So those of you who keep up with the playlist for the show, you'll be able to hear that as the the final track. It'll conclude everything. It'll be the the closing. Uh, Unfortunately, um, I feel like I just didn't put a lot of their music on here. I try to grab two songs from each album. I really do, but not all their albums are available on Spotify. So, you know, we do what we can. I know some of you are listening like, what? What are we talking about with with Spotify and, and whatnot? Um, there'll be a drop for that in a moment when we get to the real portion of final thoughts, just to clarify that a little better for you. But um, want to make sure to give a shout out to the McGuala's, the most amazing fan base a little entertainer could ever have. And of course, a special shout out to my Patreon patrons, the student body and the scholars who keep my vision of becoming your favorite Korean music historian, exploring all the industry from A to Z, a real thing. If you're interested in supporting the growth of this podcast and supporting content, please visit patreon.com slash multifacetedacg. And for as little as $1 a month, you can be a part of all of the semi-meltdowns and and tear-jerking I'm trying to hold in when we hit milestones on the show. Case in point, um, Spotify provided me with a overview of how my podcast is doing. And... uh, (laughs) It's just, it's amazing. They provided a Spotify wrapped, just like a lot of us who have accounts with them, or you might've seen it on social media. A lot of people were posting a recap of their listening and music that they experienced and whatnot. So I want to share that with you all, because I mean, you're a part of the, you're a part of the success of everything that I'm experiencing. It's absolutely thanks to you all that I am able to have this awesome reach and this this awesome audience and be able to enjoy this music with a lot of people. Some countries I didn't even have a clue were listening to my my things. So before we jump into breaking down this last album, I just want to share with you those numbers really quick so that you're aware. And then we will transition right into discussing um, Bonnie and Clyde, give you its ranking, and then we're going to go straight into final thoughts. And I'm going to give you some interesting history. We have some mandatory military service. We have some members coming, some members going. And oh yeah, uh, a governmental blacklisting. Mm -hmm, You heard me right. Like politics stepped in on these guys. And we'll expound upon all of that in final thoughts. I promise. I promise. So let me give you these stats, okay? For 2019, and I mean, you know, the the show started, (laughs) the show started in May. So I'm going to give you some some numbers. Um, We've had uh, 2.1,000 streams. 830 listeners on Spotify. There's 35 average on Anchor. Um, 2.1 thousand followers of the account. I had no idea the top one, two, three, four, five episodes. A special episode zero, Super M Jopping debut. 
21, 21, the first mini album, 2AM, Can't Let You Go Even If I Die, plus I Was Wrong, special episode 5, CL's Return, and then 21, 21. I'm not shocked about any of those things <laughs> because I've been very vocal about my excitement for Super M and I'm a widely known 21 fan. Uh, so let's give you a little bit of some details about where things are being listened to because that's exciting. It's really exciting. Um, I, I didn't know that they were gonna like break this down in terms of countries. <laughs> And they don't get very, very detailed with it, but they do share a bit of a snippet of where people are listening to the show. This is so crazy. Um, if you are on Facebook.com and you go to Facebook.com slash multifaceted ACG at around noon today, you'll be able to see my video recap of this because there's like graphics involved in everything. Spotify made a really, really nice presentation. Um, so yeah, uh, where am I going? I'm scrolling down. You all are experiencing this in real time. So your words crossed borders from Malaysia to Peru. You connected with fans in 28 countries. That's 19,004 kilometers of mind expanding listening. That's insane. I didn't even think about people listening in those areas. And my show pops up in good company. Podcasts that are also big with my listeners are the Tableau podcast, K-Pop Daybok with Eric Nam. Ask me about K-Pop and what would Jamie do? And I just adore that to no end. Um, while on Spotify, they produced 30 episodes, a total of 451 minutes. The top countries listening to this is good old USA and Indonesia. <laughs> like That's really unexpected. So thank you all so, so, so very much for your support, for listening, for telling others about it, for learning about this music with me or learning about it for the first time. I hope it's been an enjoyable ride. All right, all right, let's just jump into it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. I've already told you how many tracks were on this album. Bonnie and Clyde had a whopping five with a sixth bonus feature of the instrumental of Bonnie and Clyde, the title track. And um, hmm. K-pop fans on a scale of one to five with five being essential listening and one not worth mentioning, the A three-day rating on this album is a five. I gave it a five because it's solid. It works very, very well. Um, and I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit that there's a little bit of a listening bias because of the fact that um, this came out just a year ago. And at the time of this recording, it's just December 2019. So that evidently means that there is some improvement on the sound quality and the production characteristics. I especially like the song um, Blue. I like it a lot. Bonnie and Clyde and Overflow are on the playlist, but Blue is on like my private patron only uh, playlist. It's just, this is a good R&B album. It feels like they went back to their roots. It feels like they went back in time to when it was just 4K and really delivered something very solid. It's impressive. It's good. Um, 
it's it's not a lot of uh, unnecessary antics in terms of how the songs are cohesively put together. It's just a solid album. It really is. Um, and out of all of their albums, uh, this one appeals most to me. <laughs> it, it appeals most to me, but it's not their only five. Hurry Up, their, um, their 2012 album was certainly a five as well. So I, I strongly encourage this one, especially if you're looking for some real good R&B grooves. Bonnie and Clyde delivers on it quite a bit. Not to say that the title track isn't like hip hop or pop oriented, but this is a this is a good album. It just is. At the time, um, <clears throat> at the time when they were getting ready for it, they had just come off of uh, a, a encore tour. So 2017, they were in Moscow, uh, Russia. They did Stockholm, Sweden, Madrid, Spain, uh, Amsterdam. Like they were really moving around, doing some amazing stuff. And remember, again, in 2016, they did four Brazilian cities and then they went on to other European uh, countries. So they were having a dynamic window of time. Um, Then right before the 2018 album, of course, we had the announcement in summer 2017 that a member was leaving. Uh, Hui, Hui, sorry, had officially left the group, said his name wrong. It was also confirmed at that time solidly that Dale was no longer a member and that Sungo's future with the company was still in discussions because he had mandatory military service. So they didn't know what direction was going to happen at the time. So the group was a six. It, it was six and all six of them participated in Mix 9. Now, Mix 9 was a show that had some serious controversies in and of itself. Ooh, boy. <laughs> um, and a lot of controversies seem to have a lot of labels that had a rough 2019 intermingled within it. So, yeah, we won't get into that too, too much. Won't get into that too much. But they... Came back in 2018, let everybody know uh, it was an interview done with Billboard that announced that May 25th, a title track, Bonnie and Clyde, would be released. And of course, that did happen. And also, there was another controversy that went on. Um, on May 9th, this, this time that this interview was done, it was announced or at least re- revealed. I won't say announced. Like it wasn't something like, hey, let's go ahead and like make this clear. Like they had a very interesting, extenuating circumstance that that I believe now still gets in the way of their continued success. But um, on May 9th, 2018, uh, there was this blacklist that was published from former president Park Geun-hee, and they were the only idol group on it. Now, this list as a whole had a lot of had a lot of stuff on it. There was a lot of things that were um, quite startling, and um, I'm going now at this point in time. If you can hear the mouse clicking and whatnot, I'm, I'm going back to May 11th, 2018 to billboard.com. I'm going back to an article because I want to give you a little bit more understanding of what happened with them. So, um, quote, 
Members of K-pop boy band 24K were among the thousands of high-profile South Korean blacklisted under the governments of now-imprisoned former presidents Lee Myung-bak and Park Geun-hee, according to a report by Sports Kyung-yang. On May 9th, an investigative committee associated with South Korea's Ministry of Culture, Sports, and Tourism released a report that confirmed that 342 organizations and 8,931 individuals were blacklisted from the start of E's administration in 2008 until 2015. Park was ousted last year amid corruption charges, end quote. You have thousands of people having their artistry and creativity or their work just flat. I mean, well, artistry and creativity can be a part of work, but I'm, I'm using the word work more so for those organizations. Full-fledged, impeded upon by the president of South Korea. It's, it's very, very interesting and very jacked up. Super jacked up, especially with them being the only group the only group, um, there's not a solid specification as to why. When you go through looking at some of the reports from that time, especially if you go to Sports Kyung Hyang, uh, Kyung Hyang, there we go, I had to make sure my pronouncing it was correct. Um, there's not a real key thing. There was just an assumption, the possibility that these groups or these individuals or these organizations may have said something that could have sounded as if they had issues with uh, the politics of the time. And that's just super jacked up for a group where your livelihood involves having to split profits with others and everything and hope that, you know, even in that you're getting compensated because some groups don't. Let's just be real about it. There's a lot of groups out there that are vying to be the next big deal idol. And this this derailed them. I'm convinced it derailed them. And I want to look a little bit more into it um, after the next message. But this was a this was bad timing. It was super bad timing. And I wonder why the report came out at the time that it did. I wonder if it had anything to do with um I wonder if it had anything to do with the fact that the gentleman announced that they were promoting something and that's why it came to be at the time that it did. I don't, I don't know, but let's hop into the next little uh, segment and then I'll, I'll kind of dig a little bit more in it. Cause I just, I just need to do a little bit more looking, a little bit more reading and, um, and of course give you their final ranking for their entire discography. Welcome to Final Thoughts, a 100% unscripted closing for today's artist. Enjoy select songs from the discography of today's artists and more when you search for the hashtag A3DayHighlights playlist on Spotify. Anchor.fm listeners will hear select songs from today's artists during this episode. As always, patrons of an album a day have exclusive access to my private playlist, but please remind me to update it. I'm bound to forget. Let's get started. So much happened. So much happened for them. We got a member who's in on mandatory military service. 
keyword being mandatory. So it's not like he could just jump out of this. We have a member gone. We have another member who's departed and started a solo project. Like what could happen next? We come across this massive announcement of a blacklist um, that was executed by two presidents, former presidents of South Korea. It affected some 2,400 plus people in the film industry in Korea, over 1,700 in the literary world, over 1,500 stage actors, thespians, (laughs) over 800 individuals working in visual design, some, what, 300 plus broadcast related Koreans, those in traditional arts, it was over 700 of them. 574 people who were working directly in the music industry, but the only K-pop act affected was 24K. And they suspected the the 24K agencies, you know, the entertainment company they're with, they suspected that this was all about some singing of a theme song for Moon Jae-in's 2012 election campaign. This was speculated by a source. The source is not necessarily directly revealed. And that tidbit that I just shared there was according to Soompi. So they had a rough time, certainly had a rough time. And a lot of people were additionally speculating that this impeded upon the success of their career. Um, In fact, it, it prevented them from being able to promote so certain television shows were not full with them. They went through a lot of lineup changes and focused on overseas activities during this time. I would say tavatize. Wow. Activities during this time. And uh, it just, it punched them in the gut when they needed it least. Like they, they weren't in a space where they could really endure that. And I wonder, I genuinely wonder what's going to happen for them long-term. Because again, I mentioned this maybe in the first, perhaps second episode for them, uh, that on their Wikipedia page, there is a little bit of a a grid that shows the members as they stand. So at this time, it's 2019, at the time of this recording, we have Sukjun, who is in military time, or he is, no, I'm sorry, they have him blacked out. So although he's still associated, they still have him blacked out. Things still seem to be kind of up in the air. <clears throat> then you have Sungo, who is unavailable. Corey, gone. Kisu is gone. Or is he? It's not really clear. Byungho is gone. Dale's gone. Jungkook is somewhat still around-ish. Hui is gone. Jin Hong is gone. You have Chang Sung still around. Hong Sub might be gone. Keong is supposed to be available until 2021. And then there's two others, one of which I know I'm going to say the name incorrectly, so I'm going to spell it instead. X-I-W-O-O is supposed to come in until 2021, and as well as M-Chan. I'm sure it's not Chan. I'm certain it's Chan. So things got really, 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 really hard. Corey left because this exclusive contract with the company expired. 
And he decided he was going to start entertaining under the name Corbin. This was announced January 25th of 2019. June 26, 2019, Jin Hong was not renewing his contract. The company announced this. Hong Seok was leaving because of health reasons and Jungkook was chosen to concentrate on his solo work instead of being a part of the group. And then Kisu took it upon himself to say on his Twitter account, that he would not return with the group either. And they decided, they being the label, that they're going to reintroduce new members along with the current lineup, whatever that may be, and call it 24K Season 2. Ah, so much happened. So much happened very quickly, very, very quickly. And it was completely out of their control because presidents control everything, or at least on the surface they do, but this is not a a conversation about politics directly, but it made things extremely rough for them. Nonetheless, K-pop fans on a scale of one to five, with five being essential listening and one not worth mentioning, the A3 day rating on 24K's collective discography is a four. They committed to pop and industrial sounds, electronic and dubstep. They committed to that and really tried a lot of different things with every single comeback. And that's some very interesting choices, not necessarily ones that I always understood when we got to maybe the album, You Are So Cute. Cutesy Wootsy is just not the thing for them. Not when they have the the swagger and, and the vocal fortitude to really deliver on some strong, um, strong R&B and uh, ballads. It's been an interesting ride navigating things with them. I'm hopeful that they come back in 2020. It'd be nice to hear what they have to say and and what they want to deliver on, but time will only tell. So this concludes their discography and we move on to a new group in the next episode. Bye y'all.